0: hi guys welcome back to star girl it's emma today is tuesday july 19th 2022 and it's currently 87 degrees outside um, which is nuts because the sun went down hours and hours ago um, but yeah really hot week here in new york um, so hope everyone's staying cool <laughs> okay sounds stupid but um Yeah, well, gosh, I haven't recorded in like almost a month, Um, partially because I went home for two weeks and then partially because I've um, just been feeling lazy. I don't know. I feel like I'm, even though I haven't been in school for years and years, I'm still on like a school calendar mentally, like I really go summer break mode, um, like come June I don't, I mean, okay, I don't think this is unique. Like, it's just, it's so hard to want to think or be inside or be productive at all. Yeah, I just want to spend all my time hanging out or walking around aimlessly in the sun. So, um, really hard to buckle down. But we're back and I'm so excited for today's episode. And as always, just thanks for everyone who's listening and reaching out, etc. And, um, Yeah. Let's keep it going. Okay, let's see. So um we'll start off with some Stargirl news. Got a lot of things on the docket today. Um, first up, some Madison updates. Um, she came out with a doll collection, which you can get at like Walmart. <laughs> it's called something crazy, like um <laughs> It's literally called the Addison Rae Deluxe Music Fashion Doll. (laughs) Uh, It's 20 bucks. And I'm looking at at least one version online right now. But I think that it comes with a couple different outfits. But it will come with like a a mini mic for her and a little ring light. And um, yeah, I mean, the doll looks nothing like her, but it's (laughs) cute. And in her little like, um, uh, in like one of the ads that she did, (laughs) it, it was so just like, off and so adorable she's like oh yeah like I feel like all girls dream is to have a mini me and so I hope that when you buy this doll which does not come in it's not like a customizable mini me it's just a mini me of just it's just a mini Addison um anyways I hope when people get this doll it reminds them that like dreams do come true So <laughs> like honestly awesome <laughs> whatever um and then the other quick thing with our new song got leaked um it's called to die for honestly no opinions just wanted to give the update um cool what else uh oh my gosh well j-lo and ben affleck just got married this past weekend um and and the big news is that she took his last name like she's legally jennifer affleck now which i tweeted about this but i'm like i actually don't know if i'm like under exaggerating or over exaggerating the cultural significance of it when i heard that i was like Whoa! This seems huge. Like, and I guess like Haley Bieber obviously had just changed her name a couple years ago. It's not like there's no recent history precedent of like big female stars changing their names when they get married. But it just seemed particularly for J Lo. I don't know. That's it surprised me, and I'm like, whoa! Is there going to be a windfall of this? Like, I don't know. Is is this a <laughs> Is this a pendulum pendulum swing happening before my eyes? I don't know. But um, in any case, yeah. Um, Okay, in more somber news, um, Emily Ratajkowski is getting divorced. Um, I guess her husband... Sebastian Bear has been cheating all around town I don't know are these like rumors that I'm just like extremely late to or like did we all just find this out with the news of the past couple of days I'm not sure but um I don't yeah just what a scumbag (laughs) like uh actually just feeling really sad for her and like you know they just have a baby and just, just all of it just all it's terrible like yeah Um, But yeah, I hope she's okay. Okay, well, I'll I'll be interesting to see how kind of public favor lands. Or I don't know, you know, just because like she did, she was doing so much work to try to like humanize herself and become relatable through this whole like, reframing her power actually as like, having been exploited all her life. And like, you know, just like, oh, that she has body image issues too, despite it all blah, 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 blah. And like, And on the whole, that was, like, a huge flop. Like, that project did not really succeed. Um, Like, everyone's, like, that was mostly just met with an eye roll. But um, now, not by her own doing, she has, like, maybe finally succeeded in um, getting people to relate to her and sympathize um, for her. So... Yeah, I don't know. I think there might be more support for her now than there ever would have been, which is like kind of a cruel thing. Oh, sorry for the siren. I think we just have to wait this out. Okay. Um. Anyways, I hope so that she's okay. <laughs> um. What else happened this week? Oh, well, one thing that I wanted to, to call out, Barbie Corp. My dear friend Michaela, who I've mentioned before, had a great treat where she's like, Okay, enough with barbecue. Or. Okay, if you don't but I think it actually I actually just have to say one quick thing about it. Okay, so um if um if you don't know, okay, so basically whatever. This is just this word that's been applied to this like uh micro can we even call it a trend? I don't know, just been happening. Um, at all these recent like uh award shows and fashion shows and whatever um a bunch of stars have been wearing like head to toe hot pink and it's often like skin tight and like platform stripper heels and like um I don't know there there have been like huge like squad barbie core photos at like fashion shows and uh war or whatever of late but like yeah like so many so many people and so many random people like Anne Hathaway I mean Kim obviously Megan Fox, Zendaya, Lizzo like it's just the list goes on and on all these random people um I don't know and it's kind of funny because it's like I feel like wearing head to toe hot pink like uh Should feel like it's a flex, but it's somehow just not like it feels just like a year too late or something. I don't know, yeah, I don't know. And and just also feels like too on the nose with the Barbie movie that's coming out, you know, all the Margot Robbie stills that we've seen. Which by the way, that movie isn't coming out until next summer 2023. So I feel like this is a case where it's like you should have just waited a little bit longer on the leaked photos. Like, I don't feel like we're gonna be that excited anymore. Um. It just, yeah it just it feels like we're already very far into the return to uh hyper femininity so it doesn't feel like there's anything like edgy transgressive or even that like fun um about it and then like oh my god wait yeah just last week there was like the Florence Pugh how do you even say her last name you know what I'm talking about. Um, the like the, the old like nipple mania because she wore she was doing she was doing Barbiecore and she wore like a sheer top and you could like see fully both of her nipples and then there she got like a bunch of like troll comments and then she did this like other huge post about like something and I don't know I'm just like whoa are we like I feel like we're many many years <laughs> beyond free the nip like this is just not an interesting conversation I don't know like I'm just. It's all very stale. I don't know what is going on. We, it's, yeah, just time for a new track. Oh, but yeah, you know how I said it's a year too late, guys. You know who who did the all pink a year earlier is Addison at the Versace show last fall. Just looked better than everyone. Just look it up. Um, okay, I think that's all that I had for star girl news. Um, okay. Uh, okay, two more things before we get into it. Good God. Um, one ripe dead thanks to all who engaged isn't it so much fun I feel like it's just uh I guess it can be a little bit dangerous if you start like maniacally categorizing everyone that you see but um it's I'm actually I'm proud of myself for this one (laughs) um but I wanted to acknowledge something because it recently was brought to my attention that at least in the way that I have portrayed this paradigm on on the show that it seems like I think ripe is better than dead and I was so shocked to even hear that um because I feel like if anything I think dead is better um or or like that's what I'm more jealous of I maybe just as a ripe I'm like so I don't know if there's something getting messed up in my brain and I'm like overcompensating for my jealousy of what I can't be by trying to make my side look (laughs) better but don't think that so wanted to say um then the other thing is you know I was thinking I feel like there's many more instances of ripe girls trying to be dead and that seeming really weird than there are the other way around so I was like struggling to give you guys good examples but I found one and that is Natalie Portman in her casting in Thor like why is Natalie Portman a superhero you know what I mean it just it does not track nothing about her reads to me as like athletic, muscular, warrior, you know, she's much more saved than saving. So I'm just kind of like, huh? Just, uh, just so, so that's a good example. I don't know. Maybe that will get the ball, ball rolling a little bit. Cool. Oh, uh, oh, and then one more thing, and then I promise we'll get right into it, um, is I do have a homework assignment for you guys because I've now been rolling this question over in my mind for like six weeks and, um, I'm pretty stumped. Okay. What is the quality of that makes girls look hot in a hoodie. You know, like some girls look so fucking hot in a hoodie. And then some don't. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> nothing more to say. They just don't. I'm in the don't category. But I'm try. I'm really trying to pin it down. And like, uh, maybe I'm making it too difficult, my too difficult on myself, because I've been thinking about it as like, oh, there's one There's like one thing that separates the two group. And if you have it, then you're clear. And if you don't, then like there's no hope. But maybe it's more complicated than that. But yeah, I'm just going to put this out to the masses. Please let me know. Um, (laughs) It's, I wouldn't say it's keeping me up at night, but um, I don't know. I just want to figure it out. Um, Okay. All right, guys. Well, welcome to the official start of the episode. God. Um. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about Sydney Sweeney, and the framing of this episode is a little bit different than any of the other ones. Um, I'm calling it Stargirl Auditions. And (laughs) so we're going to audition Sydney. I'm going to try to make the case um, for her stargirlness, and then I think, uh, yeah, (laughs) the world can adjudicate. (laughs) Okay, anyways, Sydney Sweeney. So Sydney is an actress, and I'm going to... (laughs) very, um, explicitly and inelegantly (laughs) foreground (laughs) this distinction of her from her peers. Sydney is an actress. She is not multi hyphenate. And this is very rare in our day and age, right? You know, the the norm is YouTuber, ex-dancer, ex-singer, ex-beauty brand founder, um, so, and, and Sydney is just an actress. She started as an actress and she is still an actress. Um, she had a very institutional rise to success and um, she's being rewarded in kind. Um, anyways, okay. And, and she's only 24 years old. Um, so, um, first of all, congratulations to Sydney, who just last week got two Emmy nominations um, for her supporting actress roles in both HBO's Euphoria and White Lotus. Um, these are the only two shows that I have seen her in, but she was also in Handmaid's Tale and, um, she had guest appearances on 90210, Criminal Minds, Grey's Anatomy, Pretty Little Liars, um. I guess her breakout role was in some movie called everything sucks, which I don't even know what that is. Um, then she was also in sharp objects and, um, she had a small part, a small part in once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, so yeah, I mean that's a pretty like intense little resume for (laughs) big names working with influential people. Um, And she has a pretty romantic story getting involved in Hollywood in the first place. So she's from Spokane, Washington, um, which incidentally um, is where my dad lives. And so um, I mentioned I went home for a couple of weeks. And so I tried to walk around and just uh, (laughs) soak in whatever of Sydney's energy I could from from her hometown. Um, Anyways, uh, but. In like every piece I've read on her, they mention this. When she was like 14, she um, like created this five-year business plan for her family to try to convince them to move to LA so that she could start um pursuing acting in a real way um and she obviously sold them on that so um yeah obviously very ambitious very practical um let's see any other background to note oh you know i guess she started her own production company called 5050 films um i know they've bought the rights to a bunch of stuff but i don't think they've actually nothing's come out yet but anyways yeah so she's she's an ambitious young girl that's i guess um where we can leave that. Um, Okay, so Sydney's vibe. (laughs) Let's get into it. Okay, so let's talk about her physicality first. Okay, so she's um, small frame, 5'3", blonde, blue eyed, thin. Um, Her dominant features are her eyes and her boobs. Okay, so um, let's start with her eyes. Uh, (laughs) So she actually has um, senpaku eyes, if you guys know what that is. So it's where um, in addition to the whites of your eyes being visible on either side of your iris they're also visible either above or below so like Shelley Duvall's like the most like (laughs) famous case of this um and they are very rare but there's a lot of people who haven't like like Billie Eilish Gwen Stefani um actually Prince had some pack of eyes Brittany Murphy Princess Diana actually has very very slight (laughs) Marilyn Monroe um just think thinking off the top of my head it's a pretty tragic list but I think Sydney has a good head on her shoulders um because of this her eyes like always kind of look like they're rolled back in her head a little bit so she just um yeah she just has very wide open flat features that kind of just feel like it, it always kind of looks like she's like a little bit drugged if that makes sense um and then she also has – sorry, there's, like, no – there's no, like, polite way to say that. She also – but she also has just really big boobs. Um, and, and, and they're dis- distinctive primarily because she also has pretty narrow hips. So they – like, her shoulders are wider than her hips. And um, so her boobs are really, like, the most dominant – Um, Kind of like part of her silhouette, Um, and you know when this past season of Euphoria, when people were like really uh, getting obsessed with Sydney (laughs) as as a little newfound sex symbol, um, people were talking about like the AirPod body, right? (laughs) Which is a really terrible term, but like if you envision an AirPod sideways, like you you see why it has the name um yeah and it it was so weird because people were like oh my gosh like the airpod body is back and then there was all this like counter (laughs) counter discourse of like oh yeah like oh like big boobs and skinny is back like that has that ever gone and then I was like actually yeah the dominant physical feature of our sex symbols for the past like 10 to 15 years was their ass right and this was like the silhouette is tiny top big pants for like again the past like 10 years right so very we were prioritizing a very low center of gravity in our women and now sydney's here and that's a girl you can knock over um anyways okay so that's we'll we'll come back to all of this all of her physicality stuff and what sets her apart um but uh that's a high level to keep in your mind and then her persona so Um, in general, she's very polite, sweet, inoffensive. Um, she's actually really awkward in interviews. If you watch, she has kind of like a weird, almost kind of horsey laugh. Like, um, she... She is, like, professional and well-spoken, um, but she doesn't seem very relaxed. I mean, she is comfortable to an extent, but that seems to come more from, like, her being a good actress or something. I don't know. But, um, okay, so she's she's just very – she's pretty girl next door-y, definitely good girl vibes. I guess, actually, she doesn't drink or do any drugs, so there's that. But, yeah, kind of just, like, um, like the kind of, like, doesn't-know-she's-pretty kind of vibe. Um, and she – mentioned she's only 24 but she's engaged to her long-term boyfriend um this guy named Jonathan Devino who I guess is like a restaurateur from Chicago or something it's like so random it's like where do you even meet and he's 37 um yeah in general she's like private but she's not um obscured to us um if that distinction makes sense um she was on the cover of cosmopolitan this past winter and in that interview she talks about the really like clear lines that she draws between her like public and private personas um so you know she she is very active on social media she's not like a like yeah, reclusive or like obscured to us kind of star. Um, but she's just kind of like blank and professional, right? So like most of the stuff that she posts are just like her the professional shoots that she's doing, her brand deals, like um promo for anything that's going on with her. Um, it's like her official successes, not like this like behind the scenes of her. Um, I'm trying to think, what does she even post of herself? It's like her and her dog. Her dog's name is Tank. Um, I don't know if you guys remember there's this like famous photo that she took with like a self-timer on her iphone maybe like two summers ago where her dog's lying in front of her and she has a little bucket hat on she's in a bikini and she's like kneeling over him hiking her swimsuit up um whatever go go look it up anyways but tank is like the only kind of like behind the scenes she put i don't even think i've ever seen her post something with her boyfriend or anything um yeah the only other like behind the curtain Sydney personality thing we've ever seen is like this whole um series that she did of her fixing up her bronco <laughs> so for those who don't know she like brought herself a uh, like an old beat-up bronco and learned or maybe she just had all these like mechanic skills anyway she made this series of tiktok videos of her fixing it up and you know she's like in overalls with goggles and like a backwards hat and gloves like beneath the car um and you know I mean it's it is so cute like there's nothing that I can even be annoyed at but it's just kind of funny because it's so like it's so straight up like it seems like such a templated like quirky girl in like um you know just like the kind of girl who's very like shy and practical and skillful who like in the end wins out over the cheerleader or something I don't know it's it's like um yeah and very like pure of heart um like not like iterating on that trope just like doing that so I don't know um and yeah I guess in general I'm really not like into this vibe and I'm nor am I like attracted to this type of character like just seems kind of like passive pick me vibes or something but um it didn't bother me when she did this but but I could I could see this being something that people get annoyed at um just because it's like threatening because it's like you know just dudes like salivate over this type of thing it's just like so hot blah, blah blah but um so I could see that being something that people were rolling their eyes at although like personally I didn't see that much everyone just seemed to be like oh my god and she's so cute um Yeah, I don't think it really offended anyone. Um, Anyways, the point of all of this little ramble is that we don't really have like a character or a personality to latch to about her. Um, She, like I said, pretty just like blank and professional the way that she comports herself online in interviews. She's not trying to flex this like other interesting um, persona for us to, yeah, like I said, latch to. Um, If anything, the biggest personality that we can assign her project onto like uh drive kind of meaning from is her role on euphoria as cassie so i want to take a little bit of time to just talk about the kind of cassie maddie um, dichotomy that's set up in that show and that um yeah we may or may not be bringing into real life um so like I said Cassie is her kind of biggest role to date and the biggest like or this is like the most expressive um acting we've really seen her do either um so uh I'm assuming everyone here is familiar with Euphoria but um if if not a little rundown so she's like cast opposite alexa demi who plays this girl maddie and they're they're kind of just like set up as um opposites um in you know from the get-go in the show so so cassie Sydney's character is um, in the first season just kind of a nobody has this kind of budding sexuality that gets her noticed but she doesn't have an electric personality or like verve or anything that gets her anything beyond that Um, she's, she's kind of pathetic like her desperation comes through and we feel sorry for her but she's just not that interesting and and funnily enough i remember even thinking in the first season that like sydney wasn't even very pretty which is so insane to me now but i think it was just because my first my first brush with her was as this character who's just like a follower totally random style just not grown into herself at all but like messy enough that she doesn't seem like innocent and safe either um and, and then my contrast we have maddie alexa Demise character who's like super embodied confident knows who she is she's like fiery and manipulative but very like sexy and cute and like lovable and and super loyal um to her boyfriend nate um obviously to her downfall but um yeah she's like she's like the the hbic um and in the second season there's um both characters are just pretty blown out. It wasn't, like, super textured or inter- interesting. And both of the characters just kind of, like, follow the natural progression of um, these types that were foregrounded to us. Um, and there still is this dichotomy being drawn. So Cassie is even more desperate, way, way more sexualized. Um, at- you know, she's kind of, like, attempting to have agency, but in a way that just keeps her, like, floundering. Um, and then, again, by contrast, Maddie is much more powerful and stronger. She's still kind of, like the main girl oh yeah and importantly in the second season they're like uh fighting over the same guy um or rather cassie is sleeping with maddie's very recent ex while maddie and the ex are have like you know they're still entangled um but i think that sydney really took center stage in season two not only like did cassie get more just like airtime but um yeah she was just like the the character was more complicated the like acting seemed more difficult i don't know whatever if, if you if you think of like the memes that came out of the second season they're all of sydney right so we have that one of like her um her looking in the mirror crying like framed by rosebuds, and then we have her walking slowly down the stairs <laughs> drunk and messy in that pink cut out one piece bathing suit and then of course the i have never ever been happier right so um like point being that she um, she kind of like blew everybody else um, all the other like sub characters out out of the water Um, yeah I I guess one what else is so that was all kind of just exposition (laughs) but um, yeah I guess there's kind of like an interesting play here that that we were all like receiving of light versus dark um, between Maddie and Cassie um, that is a, a little bit complicated out of what we might <laughs> expect um where so Maddie is like dark and dangerous but she's still like the pious wife whereas Cassie is light and naive but she's the kind of siren whore figure so um I don't know I would I would just think that we would you know in general we would more relate dark and dangerous with siren whore and light naive with occupying the pious wife spot but those are kind of um mismatched here um since I've dragged you guys through my own analysis of Ripe Dead, I'll try to do it here. I think it's very easy to think Sydney, Ripe, Alexa to me Dead. But I actually think that they're both pretty close to the cusp on that spectrum. And this would fit because I think that most of the hottest girls in the world are like close to the cusp. Um, like if you think of like who else is here, like Penelope Cruz or um, like Zoe Kravitz or like Emily Radakowski would definitely put her like it, you know towards the cusp of ripe dead um yeah a lot of people in my personal life too but I won't disclose <laughs> on the air um anyways um yeah anyway uh, but okay i guess like maybe this doesn't happen for other people but i think cuz i first since uh euphoria was the first time that like uh sydney and alexa were on my radar and they're set up as like opposites in the show i kind of like expected that there would still be like some oppositional tension between them in the real life and they are very different but they're actually just like not peers at all in terms of the kind of like spaces they occupy people they align themselves with or whatever like sydney's way more successful as an actress but i think like alexa just has all this other stuff going on right she's like way cooler right we see her like at at Pilates with who she even at Pilates with like Bella Hadid or something or was it just like Hailey Bieber I don't know but whatever that genre you know and then she's like the other week at the Balenciaga show and um yeah there's very elusive sexy cool girl quality about Alexa and Sydney is like not cool like she's awesome but she is like not cool right and then this is interesting because there's nothing mysterious about her um, but she is still like distanced from us again. So that I've said this a couple times now, but this just like this, there's a blankness about her that, um, is somehow like not actually even mysterious or cool, but it is still, um, distant and, you know, it's not like she's like bubbly and, and open and like super forthcoming. Um, so anyways, I have more to say about that, but, um, what was it? I was just going to say about you you. Yeah. Oh, oh, also I um, there's a ton of nudity on Euphoria in season two. Um, we see Sydney's naked body a lot. Um, you know, there's like, um, there's a scene where Nate, um, is having this big dream sequence, um, where he's literally like sucking on her tits. And then, you know, she's just like naked laying on this big bear rug with a bow in her hair. And anyways, there's, there's a lot. Um, and, and people were really shocked. By this, and Sydney has talked at length in interviews um, about this. I guess, uh, yeah, both the process of feeling like safe on set and reassuring us that she was in fact feeling empowered <laughs> to be topless, um, but also just kind of at a like higher register just that she's fine with it and this is part of her job as an actress um yeah and there's this famous line from when she was on ellen i think where um ellen asks her what her grandparents thought when they saw her topless in euphoria and she said they said i've got the best hits in hollywood <laughs> so that has been widely reproduced um her on-screen nudity kind of sets her apart in two ways one because people associate her with her nudity and, um, her comfortability with her nudity. And then, um, second of all, just her reluctance to kind of politicize this or like turn it into some sort of feminist issue is like, um, maybe unexpected. Um, so yes. Um, so let's see what makes her stand out. What gives her potential to be a star girl um I can't really think of anyone else like her working at the level that she is um I don't mean the the level of like the tier of productions she's on but like um kind of the the tier she exists on as like a pop culture figure um and who is an actress, full stop, and a sex symbol. And and most importantly, someone who is not a cult of personality figure. Um, I think that this is really unique. Most of our stars and our sex symbols today are very cult of personality people. Um, with Sydney, there's like none of this. She's good at her job and she's beautiful, but there's not this other persona that we are obsessed with. And and it kind of seems out of time. Like she seems like an actress from just like a slightly different era to me like kind of like Nicole kidman Charlize Theron like um, Margot Robbie kind of I mean Margot Robbie's obviously still is is more current but um, yeah just these celebrities that are just like slightly less accessible and also that are not multi-hyphenate like I said at the beginning um, and then also just like she's gotten her celebrity status from the inside like institutional up rising in the ranks rather than like generating a fan base by herself and then leveraging that fan base institutionally right so it's not like the self-built audience on a social media platform that she's then that is then like um helping to get her cast you know um she is just like taking the very like kind of like old school institutional path to where she wants to get um right and I, I mean I don't know enough about the like dynamics, economics, processes that make all this stuff happen. Um but it feels like maybe maybe a part of that is losing kind of this like cult following or something. Um because you're not like primarily defining yourself by your um relatability and then kind of like cashing that in for higher and higher um degrees of success but um yeah you're just like from the inside out you know you're like the first time the public sees you is when you are uh, when you've risen high enough through the like inner ranks to then be like displayed um okay that was really botched but um anyways so so yeah that's all to say so that she does feel like slightly like out of time to me or something um like the only other like institutional success stories that I think of that are like in her generation are, like, the Disney kids, right? Like, Olivia Rodrigo or Zendaya. And I don't don't know. I love that. I'm, like, let's keep that lineage going. But um, anyways, yeah, I was just thinking about that. Um, And then uh, um, I want to talk about this idea of, like, vessel dumb, which I talked about in the Emily Ratajkowski episode. Um, And to remind those, or for those who didn't listen to that, um, I, I think that this um this position of a vessel um is extremely sacred and a very delicate position to hold um and it's one that comes innately to people like they kind of have it or they don't they have this this quality of like um blankness and very often beauty that people um very easily want to project onto and take a lot of comfort in projecting onto um and my opinion is that Emily Radikowski was someone who also occupied this space um until she kind of revealed that her personality was like too strong or she wanted it to be seen as stronger um and um in kind of asserting herself in all of these different ways she kind of like shattered her own illusory power um by just demanding to control her own narrative that's obviously her prerogative. Um, but the kind of argument that I was making or like question I wanted to raise is like, is there something lost when we, um, like destroy the avenue by which people might, um, like, um, access like fantasy and lust and desire and all of these things. Um, anyways. Okay. So that's the rundown there. But, um, but, um, with Sydney, I think I think Sydney is another rare, um, kind of vessel figure who has, um, come to us in recent years. Um, yeah. So I've said like a million times, there's this like vacancy and this openness to her, um, that she doesn't have, or at least doesn't lead with a really strong personality. And so it's hard to get obsessed with her as, um, as, like, a person or a persona, um, yeah, it's really hard to get obsessed with anything beyond, um, like, her beauty or um, her craft of, like, her being a good actress, right? But, like, her as a person, she isn't, like, an offensive character. I've said, like, no kind of cult of personality. Um, and, And all of this means that she is actually just a really effective vessel both for characters and for sexual fantasy for (laughs) me talking about her on my podcast whatever um but the other effect of this is that her blankness keeps her extremely feminine um and I'll explain what I mean so I was rereading um some chapters of sexual Personae* recently and I hesitated to bring this up because it just feels so like fraught slash corny to even like with all those just like paglia resurgence or whatever um but but she talks about this um these are in the chapters it's like there's like three in a row it's like pagan beauty fairy queen that um that like epic poem by spencer and then um about uh women in shakespeare and um uh, paglia is talking about how um kind of the development of wit in characters and wit being like a deeply masculine energy. Um, And I actually think this is a really good distillation you know so from like big personality what we're actually talking about is like wit and quickness and cleverness and like um a showcasing of one's um like quick logical faculties right um and so yeah pegley is characterizing this as like a, a masculine trait um and uh sydney does not have any wit yeah this is part of what keeps her feeling extremely traditionally feminine because she's not kind of um she's not really asserting any ideas it's just right (laughs) like she's an actress so what I'm about to say is pretty on the nose but like it's she's not asserting ideas ideas really seem to just like move through her um and she seems very comfortable in this position right she's not trying to control um the narrative or yeah really like steer about who she's um about oh another thing on this is that she actually is a great um model but like she just she photographs really really well um and there's and I'll come back to this but the range that she exhibits in um or the like just like the projects that she appears in whether that's um as an actress or like um Uh, just in in photo shoots, Um, there's a, yeah, it's just, it's a, she has a huge range, but, but okay, many ways, my point is, the effect somehow is that her range seems to be a result of her malleability, not of her dynamism, Um, so she appears passive even when she is active, right, like, she's obviously ambitious, she's obviously a hard worker, she is choosing to do all of these things, but she just has this very, like, yeah, this deep, deep passivity that, like I said, just makes her feel more malleable than, than dynamic somehow. Um, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm like very jealous of this. I like, um, I think because I so don't identify as like a passive person. And if anything, I tend to unconsciously like lead with my ideas, of which, which are bad. Um, <laughs> um, I'm like, I, I've always had this like longing or at least this fascination with women who just kind of can like appear and hang back and like have this like huge aura, um, surrounding them that they don't, um, feel the need to kind of populate with their own, <laughs> like personality and ideas, um, and that people are still drawn to them even when they're not, um, asserting anything of themselves. So I don't know. So I, I have a, this, this separate personal preoccupation with, um, with this ability. <laughs> um, and, and I do think that it's rare, um, or, or marks a departure from our recent, sex symbols like if we we think about again I'm just saying like the past 10-15 years or so we've had pretty masculine sex symbols of late like if we think of like Beyonce, Rihanna, Kim, Emily Ratajkowski once she like you know did her raise her voice these are all like agentive thinking steering people Um, but also just like our stars in general most of them are really aggressively defining themselves by their personality by their very by their relatability their quirks their sense of humor etc they're taking great pains to um like chart the boundaries of who they are and who they are not um and sydney is not really doing any of that um she's obviously like smart and shrewd and intentional like i said but she has the effect of just floating through life and um kind of like being done to Um, And that's really attractive in a lot of ways. I already kind of tied in how this feels very hyper feminine. Um, And I don't know. I think that she has, there's not a lot of like fight or aggression in what we see of her. Um, I, I just like keep thinking. The word supine just like comes to mind when I think of her, <laughs> which I don't know if that's going to sound like offensive or sketchy or something, but she just, she seems like she's laying on her back, face up, palms open, like very passive, open beauty again, just like very striking, but available and just like forlorn, um, inspires this kind of just like yours for the taking vibe. I don't know. It's very pin and very, um... I don't know. It's very like magical and romantic in this kind of like tragic and like timeless way or something. I don't know. Um, anyways, so, so she differs from our recent sex symbols in that, in that way that I just described actually about like the, the lack of, um, kind of masculine agency vibe. But then she also actually is very different physically than our recent sex symbols. So, um, there's a couple pillars to this at the beginning i mentioned <laughs> like sorry it seems just like so crass but i there's i can't shy away from the obvious um is her boobs right so airpod body we already talked about that this is actually new in our in today's collapsed trend cycles yes this actually is new this is marking a pendulum swing right so yeah the main body type we've been seeing dominant feature it was asked for like the past decade plus right I feel like we're just not even seeing that many big boobs in general anymore I'm like I literally asked someone the other week I was like are they rare like I just feel like I never see them especially in New York I actually have a friend who (laughs) who has this theory that like in New York, like everyone is so malnourished that we actually just like can't produce like enough (laughs) tissue or something. I don't know. It's really crazy. It's just whatever. Um, Anyways. Okay. But I do think that that is, that is unique. Um, There's a, there's a redistribution going on. Um, Okay. Um, The second of all is um, just her her very straight up whiteness, right? Her blonde hair, her blue eyes, like everything. Um, Her being from Spokane, Washington. Um, And again, I'm not talking about in the kind of like macro world history, has Western beauty been prioritized or not? That's not the conversation I'm trying to have. I'm talking about in this very collapsed trend cycle, right? So if we think about like 2019, again, back to Gia's Instagram face essay, right? Where she's talking about Um, how the like sought after look is kind of these Asiatic features, ethnic ambiguity. Um, and 2019, I would say is actually kind of like the back end of it, or at least like the turning point. Um, you know, this is, this was like happening for at least, I want to say like five to seven years before. And like, you know, I don't even know where we're going to put the kickoff point, but just think like Kardashian rise, right? Like where we were blondness, fairness um kind of like round features were not other than round lips obviously we're not like the the shape right we're like in like fox eye territory for years and years um anyways there's actually this great um podcast episode that touches on this Nymphet alumni if you guys aren't familiar it's great it's the only podcast that I make sure that I listen to every single episode um and they have an episode it's a couple a couple back now I think it's called the like snap a snapocalypse because they're talking about um kind of snapchat and location sharing um but they're talking about the year 2016 give or take and the, really the like global village feeling of this time and this obsession and <laughs> they talk about this you know the like obsession in rap and pop music at the time with like foreign bitches and like quote-unquote exotic women you know it's kind of like kind of reflecting this time of obsession with Uh, new money global elite um, kind of like placenessness as a status symbol right so um, again as I've talked about before I talk about this time as very high artifice Um, anyways contrast all of this with today we're seeing like this renewed kind of aesthetic patriotism um, interest in Americana I mean I guess if we're going to speak in like broad stroke kind of just like return in interest in trad and the, everything that comes under that umbrella, um, all of the God posting, all of the kind of like re-interest aesthetic or otherwise um, in like frontier family values again just americana general um yeah not just among like seekers and reactionaries but across the spread right like i I had this feeling a couple years ago like as soon as trump left office and like suddenly all girls everywhere were wearing cowboy boots right and i mean actually there's just a huge uptick in horse girl culture in general which has been widely documented right but even like i was already feeling this kind of like mounting happening i'm like wow why are these like why am I seeing so much like eyelet <laughs> like <laughs> denim shorts again? Like what's going on? Um, but actually, like you, if you remember the Met Gala two ago last fall, there was like literally so much literal horse, um, like whatever, so much. Um, yeah. OK, but there's other manifestations of this too, like Lana coming back into widespread appeal and, you know, would not have happened actually under Trump. Barbie Corps would not be happening under Trump right so we yeah in general just seeing this this swing back toward um, I don't know just kind of like GOP aesthetics that we're obviously for many people like a a no-go zone for for many years prior Um, anyways yeah so I guess I guess my point there is that like I don't know if Sydney would have had this mass appeal and acceptance even like three years ago um I think we were like not quite ready for um just her look and whatever people think her look represents to be like back in fashion um and and yeah and I think that like her it's not just about literally being white right it's actually like the extent of her fairness and lightness and her her body type in general um like yeah and I mean the blondness is such a I need it yeah I need to do an entire episode just on blondness um or if you know one let me know and no one sent me the cut article that came out in like 2018 that's like the titles like the from aphrodite to ivanka trump the politics of blondness which first of all just like talk about a self-own like if you're gonna try to take down blondness or like yeah if you're gonna try to malign blondness don't like immediately connect it with aphrodite just come on let's just think about this a little bit um but yeah Again, since I've I've pleaded on every channel that I that is available to me for many years, I'll just do it once again here. Gia Tolentino, if you're listening, please drop the blondness essay. I really want to read it, not because it's an imp- instance of your hypocrisy that like you <laughs> that we are owed an explanation on, but just because you're smart and I think it's actually just really interesting, and I want. <laughs> I want more people to be talking about it in a real way um Sydney actually has a really interesting and almost odd facial structure like she's not just like what you think of when you think of like basic white girl face you know she actually is striking um yeah and funnily enough actually my friend who made the um the album cover for the podcast um who like layered all of these uh all these different girls faces on top of each other said that Sydney's was like the one that was really difficult to fit, which is so funny. Like they all actually had like the same facial structure, <laughs> but she has a really wide jaw and really wide set eyes. Um, and yeah, she can look, she can look very plain. Like I think she really relies on her glam to kind of, pe- to get like the, to get the high contrast um, that really makes her features pop. Um, yeah, well, I was you know I was talking a, a second ago about the great range she has um, in in her photo shoots, and I feel like it's abused. Like she has been in many very questionable shoots where I don't know what they're trying to do. Like um, all of her Miu Miu stuff is so off to me. I just they give her these like deep, deep side parts, and it's not like it's n- never feels just like fashiony, or maybe it just doesn't translate on her because she's just like too I don't know when they try to just like pull any sort of like edge with her it just feels extremely weird um and yeah most recently the Vogue Hong Kong shoot that Petra Collins did which yeah first of all yeah, I've said it before and I'll say it again, just Petra Collins needs to get her mic cut. I don't, or just a way shorter leash. Um, I don't know what she's going on. But anyways, yeah, look up Sydney Sweeney for Vogue Hong Kong. It's very um like I mean they chopped all her hair off and she's in these kind of like Adidas Gucci tracksuits and just like you just really weird extremely distorted kind of images like honestly when i first saw them i thought they were i thought it was um sarah Hiromi, who's danny bowen's girlfriend um but and and sarah obviously has is like i always thought she's super hot and has her own thing going on but like sydney is not it's like but but Sydney's not danny bowen's girlfriend you don't even making her look like this what's even going on um although she is engaged to a restaurateur. Okay, now I'm kind of freaked out. Um, Oh, yeah. As a side note, you guys know how some girls just can't be single? Like, um, not not like they're so (laughs) desperate they literally can't chill. But, like, they're kind of – they're, like, too powerful, right? Like, I think it's really good for us all. And I think that um, Sydney is – Better off in public opinion that because she's not single, um, like if she was doing all of this nudity and being as beautiful she as beautiful and blank as she is, um, everyone would be like would like hate her a lot more I think um, right because that would kind of like border on just like uh gluttony almost like power tripping just like female excess and desperation kind of thing um, but because she's engaged there's like this like hard border and it seems like I don't know she's just not so threatening. Um, and I actually think it kind of adds to her appeal to have these kind of um, this to like carry these both things at once. Right. So you can kind of like toe the virgin whore line or something. Um, OK, that's a side note. Not relevant. Uh, or no, Actually, no, is relevant, but not necessary. Um, OK, wait, back to the malleability that has led to some botched silence moments. Why are they so obsessed with putting her in a pantsuit? Do you know what I mean? Or at least like a jacket with a wide lapel. I feel like I have all of these, like, yeah, she recently did this like variety interview with um, Christina Ricci, which I was really excited for, but then I read it and it wasn't actually interesting, but I love both of them. So I was excited to see her. But yeah, anyways, to the back to the, the jackets, I guess they're just trying to like desexualize her or kind of signal like, oh, this is a time to take her seriously, but it honestly doesn't look good. So I don't know what's going on with that. Um, and wait, one really specific Uh, note on her glam they're really obsessed with doing like dark eyes and light lips on her and I think that she looks so much better with light eyes and dark lip like she's so beautiful and she looks so good in both I don't know I think her eyes look better when they're open like even at the Met Gala they were very like just overly lined or something I don't know they give her kind of just like I don't know why they do the like smokiness on her and then like nude or very light lipstick whatever doesn't matter personally, I think she's at her best one of two ways. One is when she's very like l- fluffy and light and soft looking, like all these like pinks and whites and peaches, and just kind of yeah, just looks kind of like scrumptious angel vibe. Um, and like when her hair's down and is like big and soft curls, um, but yeah, when they're kind of highlighting this, like, yeah, just soft kind of cherubic beauty and then the other thing that I really like is when they pull her hair back really tight so you can like see like I don't know just she has a very kind of moon f- face or something um and they'll often yeah like pull it back really like crisply and like maybe have little like bows in it and then she'll be in like a little like Chanel suit or something like that with like a ribbon in her hair and she just kind of looks like a little little schoolgirl doll um so yeah those are my two favorites anyways um cool well that was kind of my rundown on her um I guess all that's really left is like do we think that she's a star girl um the reasons that she is is because she's offering us something that for this trend cycle we've been in is very new um yes I've talked about like her body and her physicality more generally, but mainly just that she's not leading with a persona. Um, um, And she's, and, and yet she is extremely successful. And um, like, you know, she, she has a lot of fans, right? (laughs) Like people are really obsessed with her, even though there's nothing um, to really relate to or latch to or, um, uh, that was something that kept coming back to me is like Sidney's non Um and I think for this um, this this moment that we've been in of obsession with transparency and um, like narration and um, just I guess in general like speaking and um, personality individuality you know being very agentive, she doesn't really, you know, she just kind of opts out of all of this um, without it feeling like um, a statement. Yeah, she kind of just like statement less. She's just like doing whatever she's doing. um, And it's not particularly loud or controversial or even interesting. Um, So I think that she's unique in the in that way um but because she's not really controversial um or irritating um I'm wondering if we think that she maybe the fact that I had an instinct to include her makes me kind of rethink this the controversial piece um I'm wondering if or maybe you don't have to occupy every single tenant to be to be on this list, but I do think that she is peerless in her lane at least at this point. I don't really know who we would put on the same um on the same step as her. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to imagine her offending anyone actually i don't know it's i guess it's easy to imagine women like not liking her because she's like so beautiful (laughs) or like not liking what her popularity like supposedly says about like narrow western beauty standards or something um i don't know but yeah i mean like i said at the beginning all we really get from her is like awkward pretty girl (laughs) who's kind of a hard worker um right no sass no snark no um yeah just no defiance in kind of any way um oh the randomest thing that i forgot to say is that she's like apparently best friends with halsey like that is so weird to me i'm just like (laughs) What is Halsey even up to? Um, yeah, and I guess actually, you know, on on Euphoria, she plays the older sister to Maud Apatow's character, and they really play up their friendship, or maybe it's maybe it's real. I don't know. <laughs> um, but that is like another. Uh, yeah, she just she feels very down to earth for some reason. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think we really know what to do with her yet. But yeah, I feel like I think she has the potential to leave a real mark in papers of record and she's going to win awards. She's going to like continue to be in bigger and bigger things. And, but yeah, anyways, point of it isn't to predict what, what her career will or will not hold, but to try to, yeah, I think, I think she's just a, she's a different type of, um, sex symbol and character than we've had in a while. And she remains popular and respected without being very interesting. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that's the goal. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, that's all I have today. Um, I'm wanna know what you guys think. Did she make it through Stargirl Auditions? <laughs> yeah, and uh, and don't forget to don't forget your homework of what makes girls look hot in a hoodie. Um <laughs> I'll be following up next week. Cool. All right, well, you guys know there's only one way that I can end this and that's by um playing Addison's song. So you have to, you just, just make it until the chorus, just please do like, um, and remember that I can see the, the drop-off rates and times, so I'll know if everyone (laughs) doesn't make it all the way, um, cool, all right, well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week, it's, like I said, it's a scorcher here in New York, um, I hope you're enjoying the height of midsummer, um, doing everything sweaty and sexy and, um, and yeah get it just getting the most out of uh, the dream of it all all right i'll see you next week thanks guys love you bye